0: Hi, and welcome to the West Visalia audio podcast. These messages are designed to help you grow and inspire you to take action. Please take a second to hit the subscribe button and don't be shy to send us a message when you have questions. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoy this conversation on the life of Jesus.
1: Good evening. Thanks for tuning in to our Bible study with Curtis Pittman, Nick Westberg, and myself. We are in the book of Matthew, and let me encourage you to open up your Bibles and follow along with us as we work through this magnificent book that teaches us about Jesus, how He is the promised Messiah, proves to the Jewish audience that He is just that, answers the question about why did the Jewish leaders reject Jesus, and ultimately shows Him to be that son of God that we need to follow if we want to enter, you know, the kingdom of heaven. Uh, we're going to be picking up at the end of chapter 19 tonight, but gentlemen, is there anything that we need to remind our audience of tonight? I mean, I know everybody's pretty well versed in Matthew by now, but um, anything we need to mention as we get into the, our text tonight? Uh, no, just a little housekeeping
2: thing. Uh, we, we do invite you to join us on Wednesday night uh, with a Zoom class. If yes. you need information, send any of us or the church a message. Uh, but also, I want to express appreciation to Nick, um, he's been able to pull the audio out of, uh, out of these videos and has put them in a podcast form, um, to make it accessible to, to people in a little different. App- how, do we,
0: how do we see that podcast? Where do we oh, find it? Podcast, you can find it on Spotify. You can find it on Apple podcast over just about any place you listen, can listen to a podcast. We're on there. So if we search so West Visalia Church of Christ. We'll we find uh, West Visalia audio, West Visalia Church of Christ, and it should pop up. Awesome. You know, you'll see our logo and things like that. So. So sure there's no that.
1: excuse to not listen
0: to this class. And you can listen to them on the go. You don't have to sit down and watch a video. Yeah, I yeah, listened you know. to
1: last week's on
2: the drive here. On the drive here. <laughs> to make, sure that we, to make sure we spoke the truth last week. Yeah. yeah. But thank you, Nick, for doing that.
1: So then we're going to be doing that too with all of our sermons and stuff. Yep. They're all that podcast. Yeah, sun, so Sundays, Sundays is up. Being yep. on multiple platforms is awesome. We want to make sure everybody has the, the accessibility to, you know, access all of this and, and be part of it. Well, we finished up, but we didn't finish up. We'll talk about that in a second, but Matthew chapter 19, um, last week, and we had the rich young ruler, we had the disciples asking about, you know, what is there for us if we follow you? And then there's this verse at the end of uh, chapter 19, verse 30, and we left it for this week because I believe it's a thesis statement, kind of a bookends of this entire section right here. So Matthew 19, verse 30, Jesus makes this statement. He says, but many who are first will be last and the last first. Now, before we get into chapter 20 and how he explains that, just knowing Jesus, this stands out to me because Jesus likes to turn the norms upside down. Yeah, He likes to take the normal way we do things and say, okay, it's normally who's first is first and last is last, but first shall be last. It's kind of an attention getter. It, right. it shows that he, I don't know, he just likes to turn everything on his yeah. head. And if you just follow up with the the
2: that rich young man that we talked about last week, um, what society had
1: indicated as preeminence, which is wealth, yes. Jesus says Go give it away. Oh, very good point. Yeah, so yeah. last week, we had this rich young ruler here who had all this stuff, and and everybody thought, he's amazing, and no, he didn't make it.
0: And yeah, very good point. Well, then look all the way back to chapter 18, where they're asking, who is going to be the greatest in the yeah, kingdom of heaven? Child. We're seeing this theme, yeah. right, of, of Jesus is trying to express this idea that we need to be humble. You know, I mean, I think that's why everybody titles their sermon series, Upside Down Kingdom, when they preach through a book of the gospel, because Jesus turns all the social yeah, norms on his head. There's and a sermon series that was going on these last several
1: months called yeah. Upside yeah, Down. Yeah, right? I know. I don't know yeah. where where that is. You I know. think you can access it on the West Visalia Church of Christ podcast. Yeah, and YouTube page. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, um, but we see this, and Jesus always just goes against the norm, whether it be even calling the disciples. He called yeah. people that weren't the leaders. He called fishermen. And, and and I mean, going back to the Sermon on the Mount, he
2: calls us to a higher level of righteousness mm-hmm. yeah. uh, versus what um, the traditions had taught uh, versus what Jesus was saying.
0: And you've made the comment before that you know even like when, you know when we're studying teacher teaching, if you set the bar high, people will rise to the challenge. If you set it high, people will rise to the occasion. The the Pharisees had created this maintenance level spirituality and righteousness and jesus is coming in and saying it's not just about maintaining the standard it's about going above and beyond it's about it's about changing about the world in yeah. your heart and right? that,
2: that's the point he made or he showed with the rich young man yeah last absolutely. week yeah. yeah that it's not just a, a checklist or it's not just a single thing right. um, but it, it goes back to the hardness of the heart
1: right. very good well, then chapter 20, verse 1, with that statement, he who is first will be last, and the last first. we enter into this so illustration let, here. Let me interrupt real quick. You, you made the comment that this is a, a thesis statement. How, how do you come to that conclusion? Well, I come to that conclusion by reading through this previously, first off, okay? <laughs> so I wouldn't just, if I'm reading through this in order, grab that verse and go, oh, this is the beginning of a section. But he makes that statement there in chapter 19, verse 30, and then later on in this same chapter, he brings that same idea up again you know, verse 16. So the last shall be first and the first last. So I think that's kind of <laughs> set in the stone. So you have a, a provocative statement like that that's repeated at least twice here. And then I think um, the illustration obviously makes that point. And then even the section we're going to look at here in a bit with the question asked by James and John's mother, I think even kind of turns their idea upside down a little bit. Uh, was that answer your question there?
2: Yeah, no, I was just trying to <laughs> get you on your exegetical soapbox. Um, because... there's a, And
1: there's an idea too, when I say the word bookends, that might be a terminology people don't use either. Um, back when people had actual libraries and not online digital books or something like that, you'd have your books on the shelf and you'd have these heavy objects, a brick, a, a statue of some kind, a bookend that holds the books together and sometimes those bookends were identical. You know, they carried a theme with them. Or I, I remember one time seeing one that was a, a Dosh hound dog and the head was over here and the backside was over there, right? It right. carries the same train of thought. Mm-hmm. These phrases are those bookends that keep that train of thought going to the end here of this section.
2: So we see mm-hmm. it in Matthew nineteen thirty, we see it in chapter twenty sixteen and also chapter twenty
1: mm-hmm. twenty seven. And tying it's... this entire section
2: back to this this one central yeah. idea.
1: Well, let's go into it then. So he makes this statement that's going to be repeated. It's an important phrase in this section. Then he says, for the kingdom of heaven, we've been talking about kingdom of heaven a lot. Uh, I think it's the idea of God's reign and rule and how we enter into it and how we be part of it. How God operates for the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. And when he had agreed with the laborers for a denarius for the day, he sent them into his vineyard. And he went out about the third hour and saw others standing idle in the marketplace. And to those he said, you also go into the vineyard and whatever is right I will give you. So they went. And again he went out about the sixth and the ninth hour and did the same thing. And about the eleventh hour he went out and found others standing around. And he said to them, why have you been standing here idle all day long? And they said to him, because no one hired us. And he said to them, you go into the vineyard Two. So the guy said the stage before we go on. Here you have an illustration of here's a man who owns a farm mm. and he's looking for day laborers. So he goes out early morning, find some later on, like nine o'clock, find some more noonday evening time. He's finding laborers at different times of the day, sending them out in the field all to work. Verse eight. When evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, call the laborers and pay them their wages. Beginning with the last group to the first. When those who hired about the 11th hour came, each one received a denarius. When those hired first came, they thought that they would receive more. but each of them also received a denarius. And so now we have this problematic scene right here. You have somebody that's worked, what, one hour and someone that's worked eight hours. And all of a sudden, they're like getting paid the same. And they're kind of bothered by this because if the guy who worked one hour made one dollar. You would assume that the guy who worked eight hours would get $8 at least, right? right? I mean, using common math right there. But that doesn't happen. When they received this, they grumbled at the landowner. They're upset. They don't like it. They want more. Hmm. Saying, these last men have worked only one hour and you have made them equal. Keep that phrase in mind. Right. you made them equal to us who have borne the burden in the scorching heat of the day. But he answered and said to one of them, and I know it's a long section here. He says, friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for a denarius? Oh, so now we're reminded that way back when, when he asked those guys in the morning, they agreed to work for a denarius. Take what is yours and go, but I wish to give to this last man the same as you. Is it not lawful for me to do what I wish with what is my own? Or is your eye envious because I am generous? And here's our phrase. So the last shall be first and the first last. All right. So what eternal truth are we going to get from this section right here? Because... First off, as a person who likes to make money when I work, I would probably be taken aback by this. I would assume that I'm going to get more if I worked longer. But I didn't here. Why? What's his point? Don't you all speak at once now? Yeah, I, well, I was... <laughs> you, you made the
2: point that those who, who came at the, early in the morning, so it's at 6 o'clock, yeah. that they had agreed to the amount that they were to earn and they were satisfied with it that they were, they were content with it uh, but it's interesting the language um, that he says to them uh, for the third hour which would be nine o'clock sixth hour 12 ninth hour uh three o'clock in the afternoon the 11th hour five o'clock at night uh, but the this this master of the house said um whatever is right i will give you yeah. um and so it wasn't anything that was determined it's just that he he there wasn't anything that was pre-agreed upon it was just that i'll, I'll give you what is
0: right. And so that could be like a prorated amount. Even if you didn't work a whole day, you got a day's wages because that was an agreed upon amount. So you're looking at, and I almost see this like, you know, well, you know, Jesus is consistently contrasting the, the religious leaders of the day with, with how it's supposed to be with what the religious leaders teach with what he teaches and what is, you know, pure and godly. So, in other words, you know, the, the religious leaders might think, well, because I've, I've done more mm-hmm. or, or because I'm more righteous that I get a more righteous reward. As where Jesus is saying here that, that the agreed upon, I don't know how you explain this. It's, there's an equality factor, yeah. right? To sum it up. How, how do you reconcile?
1: Because it appears that the people that got hired at six o'clock knew what they were going to get paid. They agreed to the denarius. The others were just told, like you said, I'll give you what is right. And maybe Mm -hmm. there's a lesson there that some people, maybe early on adopters of the kingdom, are going to know exactly what they're getting into, what the reward is. But as the kingdom goes along, because this is an illustration of the kingdom Mm -hmm. here, there's going to be some that don't exactly know what they're getting into, but they're just told that there's blessings and they're going to get them. And they, they join the work
2: later. Um, because they're standing idle, right? And that's what he says. That they went to the marketplace, and he saw others standing idle. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then the ones that came at the end of the day, uh, in verse 7, it says, they said to him because no one had hired us. So they didn't have the opportunity to work prior to that. And so mm-hmm. had they been hired on early in the day, uh, my assumption is, I'm, I'm, I'm putting my words into it, that they would have taken that they would opportunity.
1: Have taken opportunity. Uh, but they didn't have it before. Uh, but they get the same Reward. Well, all of us, if we would have known back then what we know now yes. would have done something different. Yes. Sure. So those that were hired early on knew early on. Those that were hired later, they finally came to the knowledge of it later. So maybe let's make application then. I don't want to um, draw too far because ultimately the point Jesus is making is that he turns your idea of what is right and, you know, what is first and what is last upside down. Mm. So you don't want to overread into this, but I think there is something there about those who joined the cause of Christ early. There's those that are going to spend a lifetime serving Jesus. There's going to be those that at the earliest hour, that maybe the disciples, they were with him from the beginning. And, you know, maybe earlier, you know, Peter asked that question, what's in it for us? You know, Mm -hmm. and remember back in chapter 19, here he's saying, look, you're all going to get the same a little bit too. So it's kind of interesting to me with that. It reminds me a lot also of the parable of the prodigal son. Right. Here you have one who, his older son who's at home is like, Father, I never left you. Why don't I get a party? Where's right. my attention? And the message here is, why are you envious? Because I'm generous. Right. And maybe that's the line we need to take from this when it comes to God. Sure. Because we might think, well, I've been a Christian my whole life. That, still a, that guy still became a Christian last week. And they're both going to get to be with God for eternity. Why would you be envious? Because I'm generous. God is generous. Why would be envious of what someone else is getting? God is just a generous God. So who is last shall be first, and the first last. What are the points you guys think we can make from this, maybe a modern day application? So I was
2: pulling it up, but I think I might just be able to stumble through. Um, (laughs) We see the the word um, five times, this apodidomite, uh, give. Mm -hmm. Um, We we see it here in in verse 4 as give. We see it in verse 8 as pay. Um, We're going to see it in verse 14 as give. Uh, But then looking ahead, it's in 18 and 19 as deliver, um, and then it's over in 23 as grant. Um, and, and if we go all the way back to chapter 6, um, this, is, this is the point I'm, I'm wanting to, to pull out. All the way back to chapter 6, um, when Jesus is going through the way that we're to pray, the way that we're to fast, uh, is that um, discussing the different rewards that we're going to get. Yeah. Um, if we remember back, to and you go, let's draw on the podcast, mm. uh, chapter 6. Um, the reward when it says that truly i say to you they have received their reward um, but when you give to the needy do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving may be in secret and your father who sees in secret will reward you right. and so when it says that they have received their reward it's a completely different greek word it's this right. those word, which means wages or compensation yeah. or pay it's something that you have earned um but this apodidomai uh, um, it is uh, this giving back, this returning? It's something that you haven't earned, and yeah. so that is the word that is used here. Um, it's this. It's not a
1: wage that you have earned. It's something that is given. So the focus is, oh, you've done much to earn it. No, you got a gift. Nothing about getting what right. we receive from God is is a wage that we've earned. All we've earned right. is death, yeah. as you think grander scheme of God's plan, right? Oh, but. But I mean, here we have what we receive from God, no matter what, is a gift. I like that idea. And, and yeah. that, that, that ties into verse 14. Take what belongs to you and go. I choose to give to this last worker as I give to you. Yeah, and the giver, it gets to set the terms of the gift. Yeah. You know, I, I know as a parent, you know, we got six children. Christmas time is coming up. In times past, we've set a per-child Budget. Now, we still have a framework that we kind of work with for practical purposes. But sometimes we're like, you know what? I really want to get that kid this present. That present might be more than what the other kids are getting this year. But I just really want to give that kid this present. Maybe something I knew they would really like. Maybe it's more expensive. Maybe it's cheaper than the other kids. Yeah. But I'm not looking for, um, you know. That's irrelevant. Yeah, it's irrelevant. I just want to – I'm a giver and this is a gift I really want to give them. So here you have, and I would assume maybe the illustration would be even God as this landowner here in the kingdom of heaven. It's his kingdom. Right. So he's going to give whatever he wants. And isn't that great that God's so generous that he's giving all the same? Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. And so it's not about why didn't I get more? It's like, wow, look how loving God is that he gives everybody. Yeah.
2: Um, shifting gears, you said another point. Um, in verse 12, it says that these last worked only one hour. Um, and you have made them equal to us. So this is what the laborers are are talking about. But the key is that while they joined in the last hour, they still worked. They still put in the work for the kingdom. And and that's that that word, the Greek word poieo. They did, they still put in the time. They still did the work. Uh, And so then my question to myself is, is, do I still put in the work? Whether I I joined at six o'clock in the morning or six Mm o'clock at night, do I put in the work?
1: Yeah, I mean, there can be somebody that had an hour in the kingdom but has done more in that hour than we've done in a, in a lifetime. Yeah, and we got to, are we the ones doing that? Well, then in verse 16, he ends with that phrase, so the last shall be first and the first shall be last. Don't worry about rank. Don't worry about order. Just trust that those who follow God are going to get blessed, I think, at this point. He turns your, your protocols, your, your ideas, your measurements upside down mm-hmm. and just does it his way. Mm-hmm. So then Verse 17. As Jesus was about to go up to Jerusalem, so now we're still going, I like keeping this in mind. Galilee coming down, going up toward Jerusalem, it's on a hill. Um, so, not because he's going north. Um, they've always, as an obsessive compulsive person, the idea of directions always bugs me when people say, I'm heading down to somewhere in Sacramento. No, that's north. That's north. But it is down in elevation. That's what I say. I say, I know you argue with this, but, so here he's going up to Jerusalem, but it's heading south. Okay. And he says, he took the 12 disciples by themselves and on the way he said to them. So now those at inner circle, the ones who were called mm-hmm. early on, by the way, mm-hmm. hired at the first hour of the day. Yeah. Uh, Behold, we are going up to Jerusalem and the son of man will be delivered to the chief priest and the scribes and they will condemn him to death and will hand him over to the Gentiles to mock and scourge and crucify him. And on the third day, he will be raised up. i haven't
0: seen that anywhere before. Oh wait, Nick, okay. I think we have, right? right yeah, we have. Over so and over again he's yeah. predicting his suffering, right. isn't it? And that's just kind of what we talked about when we were talking about in terms of downhill spiral, you mm-hmm. know. We know we're going somewhere, we know we're leading to something. We know this is where where Jesus, where the end of Jesus's earthly route is going to, because of what we've seen in previous passages, and he doesn't reveal it till chapter 16, which is kind of what we would say is the turning, the turning point, point, you know, of the book. Where you know, we're no longer seeing G, uh, Jesus rise up to show he hit who he is, but in his rise up to show who he is, we're also seeing that the end goal, the end game of God in this plan, which again, you would never think. Right? For, for the Messiah, the, this great Jewish Messiah w- would do, would give his life. Yeah. Like, that's not what Peter and Paul and, or any of these apostles, I said Paul, but any of these apostles are thinking that, well, Jesus is just going to give his life. No, he's going to be this great king It's going to free us from Roman power and is going to allow us to be a world conqueror. Well, according to this, he's going to suffer. I know. Yeah. Yeah. And, and look at,
2: we're, we're going to see an even better snapshot here of Jesus' attitude versus the disciples' or the disciples' moms' right. attitude. But even go back to, to what we looked at last week. Right. Um, in, in chapter 19, Peter's reply in 1927, See, we have left everything and followed yeah. you. What then will we have? And Jesus continues to right. answer that question here, that this is what yeah. I have. Well, what I have right. is suffering. Because the last will be first and the first will be last.
1: So Jesus is doing something that everybody would think would be last place losing. I'm going to suffer. I'm going to die. But you know what? I'm going to be the first fruits of that resurrection later. Yeah, I'm going to have mean, It's
0: like when you think about the the projection you have for somebody that is going to win. I want this individual to win. Mm -hmm. So my expectation of that individual is not for him to die. It is for him to prosper. It is for him to excel to victory. So
1: they keep funneling everything through that preconceived idea. Right,
0: and the preconceived idea is that this Messiah is going to rise to victory I mean he is and in, in the long run he's going to defeat something that nobody... well it's a good pun, rise to victory, he does he does, He does. on the third day he does that and
1: he proves everybody wrong and solidifies his Messiahship and you know what right. if this person you've been listening to has, has been telling you for a long time that he's going to suffer, die and be raised and he does raise, follow him to eternity yeah, we need yeah. to
0: listen to that guy, yeah, listen to that guy right
1: there. Yeah. so he makes this grand prediction of everything here But again, their focus is someplace else. And now, the mother, verse 20, and this has always struck me. The mother of the sons of Zebedee, and that's James and John, came to Jesus with her sons, bowing down and making a request of him. So let's think about it. First off, what was the nickname of James and John? Sons of Thunder. Sons of Thunder. (laughs) They're supposed to be some tough guys.
2: Outspoken. Yeah, but now
1: (laughs) Mommy comes
0: and goes to Jesus. So I... She comes forward and said, probably got hurt by that, Jesus, the way Jesus answered that question in chapter 18, so they went to mom. And, yeah, I know. <laughs> Isn't this
1: crazy, though? Yeah, like, <laughs> it,
0: like,
2: just shows the genius because, uh, I mean, we're, I know I'm jumping ahead, but in verse 24, the other guys were upset with them. It's just like, <laughs> you went and got your thought, mom for this, dude? You got Come mom on. Or it's like, why didn't I think of that?
0: Yeah. But,
1: uh,
2: it, it does, yeah. It's so,
1: evidently. yeah, it just seems, I don't know, I always picture, this is Cliff Sabre speculation, James and John as being these, Rough guys that are constantly smacking each other on the back of the head. Sons of are always tough. And, oh, mom has to fight these battles for you. I, now. I'm
0: not even sure that that conversation ended in chapter 18 with them stopping talking about this idea it's, of who is the greatest. Yeah. And that's why I think, you know, it's still, it's still talked about. Well, right and left positions on a throne are very high yes, positions. And, and for, you know, a king, well, whoever's on his right and on his left, are, Shares that power and control with him. And so the way they're looking at it is like, well, who's you know, going to be there? I mean, I'm jumping way ahead. I agree you guys, with you. But... Though. <laughs>
1: well, let's see what happens. So the mom. Go ahead. Oh,
2: uh, I was going to say, though, but look at her attitude when she came. She came and proskuneo. She came and knelt down and worshiped at Jesus. So even though she's coming and making this bold request, she still does it with the right attitude. Uh, and we, we see that this word, this prosceneo word, mm-hmm. word, to worship. Uh, and that, that's her attitude when she comes. Even though, again, she's making this bold request, mm-hmm. she still acknowledges Jesus. That he is the source right. of the power. Yeah. And,
1: and has the ability to confer this power. Mm-hmm. So here's her question, for her request. And he said to her, what do you wish? And she said to him, command that in your kingdom these two sons of mine may sit one on your right and one are You on your left. That's a big request. Yeah. And Jesus answered, you do not know what you are asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I am about to drink? And they said, we are able. Well, the cup that he's about to drink, he just mentioned in the previous section, yeah. I'm going yeah. to suffer and die, okay? Right. And they said, and we're able. You know, they're outspoken. And he said to them, my cup, you shall drink. You are going to suffer. Yeah. And historically, all the apostles did. <laughs> well, and so
2: this may be reading into it, and you can tell me to stop right now. But he says first and last. And so who was the first of his disciples to die? James, who was
1: the last? John. And so yeah. is that just? That just <laughs>
0: that I might don't. I'm into it a little bit, but hey, be, you know. but you know what? It makes
1: for a really cool way of looking at it. Yeah. But I,
0: yeah, that it's interesting. It, it is interesting. Interesting it's an observation. I, I, I never pulled that, astute, that off. Before, but astute, but astute observation. Astute <laughs> observation. <laughs> yeah. I tell you, I, I try to keep up with you guys. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't
1: know if we can make that jump, but. They did but suffer. The jump that we can make is that they suffered. Yeah. yeah. James died and John was exiled. Um, so he said to them, my cup you shall drink. So you are going to suffer. But to sit on my right hand and on my left, it is not mine to give. But it is for those whom it has been prepared by my father. So the ones that God has a plan for, those are the ones that are going to get. Not these people that ask or have mom ask for you. <laughs> and hearing this, verse 24, the ten became indignant with the two brothers. Yeah. I was going to back up though. What 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 parable
2: did Matthew include right before this section? The landowner. What? The landowner. And yeah. what was the conclusion of the landowner? That, that I will do what I want. That yeah. it, take what belongs, and I choose to give to the last workers. I give to you. And what did what was this point here that Jesus just said? Um, you will drink this cup. Sit at my right hand and left it's not mine to grant, but for those to whom it has been prepared by my Father. God prepares yeah. the rewards. So Don't be like envious like of so his generosity. And that's what's
0: fantastic about this passage is that. That Jesus, even though he is God and he knows he's God, gives power to God. Yeah. In saying that this is not, this isn't my place. My, my job is to suffer and die to go to the cross and die for all mankind. That's my job. My job is not to grant positional authority in, in the heavenly realm. That's not where I'm at.
1: Well, the teaching of Scripture is this yeah. idea too that Jesus came to this earth, humbled himself, okay. subjugated himself to the will of the Father. Right, And I think and that
0: that could be another point we can make too is that he's trying to, to give them teaching points of humility mm-hmm. and that he's trying to show them, I mean, we've seen it from chapter 16 on, these little moments where Jesus pulls something radical out and says, look, this is what it's supposed to be like. This is what you're supposed to do. But their ideology of it mm-hmm. is something... Like we, was, like we said at the beginning, it's to the opposite effect, yeah. you know. Um, and so, I think these are these are you know in, in you know the main point of the story. These have, these are little teaching moments. Uh, very for true. Jesus, to
1: sorry to no no verse twenty four. Then so the rest of the disciples, the ten became indignant with the two brothers. I just picture mom and James and John talking to Jesus, and then they hear <laughs> what they're asking, and they're looking like. Hello. Hello. Yeah. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> I thought we were all friends. Apparently we're all vying for a position in the kingdom still. Okay. So this is a problem. So Jesus called them to himself. So he called all of the disciples. You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them and their great men exercise authority over them. It is not this way among you, but whoever wishes to become great among you shall be your servant and whoever wishes to be first among you shall be your slave there's that idea first shall be last last shall be first verse 28 just as the son of man did not come to be served but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many jesus turns it all upside down didn't we see this wording
2: this language in chapter 18 Mm -hmm. when the disciples came oh wait yeah we did
1: and what did they ask there there's a lot of sarcasm
0: thing. in this talk, but yeah. No, yeah, but
1: I, I agree with you. Jesus wants us to just reframe our entire way of thinking. Right. Don't look to be great. Great people rule over people, and they're all bad, Gentiles and all this kind of stuff, he says. Yeah. But work right. to be a slave. If you want to be someone great, be a servant. And right. 2,000 years later, we're talking still about the greatest servant who ever walked on this earth, the Jesus Christ. Christ. Yep. We're not talking about whoever was ruler of Judea. Yeah, we're That's... not talking about rulers or yeah. leaders. We're yeah. talking about, we're we're talking talking about, about the... Jesus.
2: And you're kind of, a Paul tells us in Philippians? That he humbled himself, mm-hmm. uh, to even to the point of death on a cross. Yeah.
1: Yep. The ultimate example of humility in Jesus shows who's truly great. If we want to be great, we serve other people. True. The greatest people throughout history are those that have served. Those are the ones that we make holidays for. Those are the ones we think about, right? Yep. Those are the amazing people that we want to be like. They're our heroes and our idols, those who serve others. And when we do that, we'll be just like Jesus, who is going to give his life as a ransom for many. And I want to point this out, too. He's been talking about his death, but now we learn the purpose of his death, too, in verse 28. He's been telling I'm going to die, I'm going to die, but I'm going to die to be a ransom for everybody else. My death is because I care about other people. That's Mm -hmm. why I'm dying. Maybe they didn't get that up to this point, either. And it may still be a foreign concept, but but if you look
2: at that word, that give, that goes back to that... um, what did I say earlier? That's something that, that's undeserved. Yeah. Right. Undeserved. It's just like a it's Almost
0: the replication of what we would identify as grace. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. to an individual. We would identify, you know, we unmerited un what I call it the biblical definition. And favored idea, and favored. Right. But no, that was yeah. grace to the right. landowner, from the landowner to yeah. the workers. Yes. Very yeah. true. To to get give those individuals the same exact amount. And that's why I think, you know, when you look at when you look at how God is with people it's the same thing that god doesn't give cliff a higher reward than he gives me we're all going to be in eternity he didn't give me a higher reward than he gives you you know because because that is not how god works he extends his grace to all people yeah
2: and and, and you see so you put that concept with this this ransom word or this uh, the Greek word lutron which is mm-hmm. to to it's the price one pays to free a slave yeah Uh, And so that, it's just so beautiful here. Well, especially with the slave terminology. Yeah. And and that that the first among you must be your slave. Yeah. Even the Son of Man, so he refers back to that title, came to serve to pay the freedom
1: for slaves. Yep. So become a slave and Jesus will pay for your freedom.
2: Yeah.
1: I think that's a good point for us to close on tonight. Maybe to make application. Um, As we talked about working for God, really, am I a slave of Jesus? Am I a servant of others? And if I do that, Jesus Christ will set me free one day. But if I serve myself, there's no freedom there. Grace isn't offered to the one who is selfish. But Jesus came and gave his life as a ransom for
0: many so that those who serve others will be set free. I think that goes back to our point in in chapter 16, verse uh, 18, where he says, If anyone desires to follow after me, let him take up his. Let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. That idea of you know, without saying the exact words of you know, be a servant. He's saying the the individual who denies himself and gives his life is the servant. Is the servant. And, of all.
2: and what word do we see? Like starting to repeat itself. Starting verse twenty nine. Follow. Follow. Verse thirty four. Mm-hmm. Follow. Verse nine of twenty one. Follow.
1: Follow Jesus to the cross and follow him into eternity by serving others. Amen. Well, I appreciate everybody tuning in um, this evening. Let me encourage you, listen to the podcast, share the links too. You know, the way social media works is if you like something and comment and share it, it puts it out there more. Now, we're not wanting attention for the attention's sake, but Mm. we want people to hear the message of Jesus. And the more we can get that out there, the better. We're having a lot of people watch and view and comment and even talk to us in the community that are watching these videos because you're sharing it. So let me encourage you to keep that up. Participate in the Zoom class on Wednesday night. A lot of good things happening in congregation where good studies are taking place. And and I think that even through all of the chaos with COVID, we're still being the church of Jesus. Yeah. We're We're leading souls to Christ. We're yeah. loving our neighbor. Um, good things are happening for his cause. So just keep it up. Thanks for tuning in. Have a good evening.